Welcome to the 11th Hour, a podcast for change from NewJersey11.org. On this show, we're going to be discussing issues facing the 11th District of New Jersey as it races towards the next important election of 2018 and beyond, hopefully. We'll see. We're going to be joined monthly by concerned citizens of the 11th District, members of Action Group, New Jersey 11 for Change, as well as hopefully possible candidates running for office, community leaders, and the likes. My name is Mike. I'm going to be your host. And today, in our inaugural episode, which I'm very excited about, thank you very much, we're joined by three members of the group New Jersey 11th for Change. First off, the CEO very important, very important person. <laughs> <laughs> CEO of LRH Advisory Group, which focuses on nonprofit organizations and management consulting. She has decades-long experience working in and leading nonprofits in U.S. and internationally and is passionate about the creation of a better world through excellence in organizational structure, planning, and managing. And now as part of the New Jersey 11th for Change Action Committee, Dr. Lori Henninger. <laughs> Why, thank you very much. I, I'm so excited. I, my first guest is a doctor. <laughs> I love that. That's great. <laughs> thank you for being here. Thank you, Mike. I'm very happy to be here uh, representing 11th for Change. Yeah, it's great. And, and you've got some great uh, experience and some great things to talk about. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you. But uh, we, we got two other people I can introduce. So hold on. Here we go. Up next, 30 year resident of Wayne, New Jersey. Been heavily involved in the community relations and external affairs, running an after-school tutoring program for McKinley School in Newark, and working with advocacy groups for people with disabilities. Now, he's focusing on the growth of Wayne Wednesdays for the New, New Jersey 11th for Change, as well as volunteering with the Wayne Democratic Club. Sal Schifano, sir, how are you? Okay, Mike. Thank you very much for the intro, and uh, I am not a doctor, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, a New Jersey 11th for Change advocate, originator, and organizer who recently had the spotlight put on her as she garnered national attention. I'm sure you love that, right? I loved it, yes. <laughs> for leaving her job as senior vice president and lawyer for Lakeland Bank after Representative Rodney Freelingheisen sent a fundraising letter to her higher-ups with a handwritten note pointing to her as a ringleader of an oppositional group. She now continues to grow the New Jersey 11th for Change organization throughout the district, and we're happy to have her here today. Siley Avalenda, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Mike? Very good. Thank you for thank you all for being here. This is great. I'm very excited. We were talking a little bit before, and and I'm this is the only thing I know how to do in order to get involved. I went to uh, a, a small group meeting at a Starbucks, you know, sitting in the back talking, you know, talking shop with a couple of people, and just kind of venting our frustrations. And the big thing about New Jersey 11th that I'm sure we'll get into is it's, it's kind of open-ended. You can kind of do whatever skill set you bring to the table, be that. And then we'll try to incorporate that into it as much as possible. So I said, hey, I do podcasts. I don't know if that would be great to kind of get the idea out there. And uh, John, he said, uh, he said, yeah, I think that I think that would be awesome. So I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to organize this. And I'm happy to do it uh, free of charge. Okay, nobody's there's nobody paying me on the sidelines, which is great. Yes, legal disclaimer: no yes, one is getting paid here. Nobody's getting paid for this. I did get a Tropicana apple juice. Yes, uh, from so maybe Seven Eleven is our sponsor. I think. I don't know, but that, that's all. I, full yeah. disclosure, right? Right. But yeah, I, I said, you know what, this this might be something good to do, and and hopefully. The big push for this is to get more people involved with the group because I think ultimately is the goal here to get more people involved and, and to understand right. mm -hmm. and a little be more, more a little educated. I think one of the things that, again, something that we were talking about prior to was that 
I, like many people, like yourself, Sal, you, you were saying this too, I'm not political. I'm not a political person. Never, never have, was. Never have been. Mm-hmm. But also, too, never really felt like I deserved to be only because I wasn't, I, I from a personal standpoint, didn't educate myself. Didn't educate myself too I, I should qualify that, though, because I always did follow politics. Yeah. So I, I knew what was going on. I have a best friend that passed away, like, going on five years now. This is how I miss him, because whenever something happened that was politically, how could people vote like that or anything, we would call one another back and forth. And ever since he passed away, I'm saying to myself, what the heck must he be thinking of (laughs) right right now? It's like crazy that that all this stuff has happened. That's sort of really how my story got started. Recently, I came across an opinion that I think really holds a lot of water, and that is, is that when you are invested in something, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, you're invested in something, invested in a side, invested in an opinion, invested in something like that, it's very hard for somebody to admit they're wrong and to change their minds completely. Um, because you feel you feel kind of like you backed a lemon. Like I said, whether it's an opinion, whether it's a person, whether it's whatever. And I think what makes that even harder is when an opposing view is constantly like, you're wrong, this is the right way, this is the right... And then you want to stick to it even more, you know what I mean? So I... It, Exactly your point of how can people be voting this way or how can people be thinking this way even? I think it's just the mindset of trying to change, not not even change an opinion, but just get information into somebody's mind of it's very hard to admit to yourself that a dream is dead. Yeah. And, and more importantly, on, on the idea that like people who have thought one way for so long continue to think like that. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that are right-wing friends who might be listening to this podcast, and you know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) We have friendly arguments. We go to lunch. These are my high school friends from like 50 years ago. Right, right. And we still get together like every couple of weeks, and we have lunch. And I'm the lone one who would be like, uh, more of a progressive view or more my friends are more conservative mm-hmm. and we would talk about these issues and i still remember w- that when trump announced that he was going to run for president i went in there and said can you believe who would vote for this guy and they all raised their hands yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can't you can't change people's minds it's just the approach that you take i mean i come from a long line of republicans and i can tell you that it was not a, an easy election cycle when you're probably one of two people in my family who was not a voting republican yeah and having conversations over the last 7 months about issues that are specific to those individuals in my life and having you know especially the healthcare mm-hmm. vote and finding out that for example my mother actually you know, very recently reached out to every senator and wrote them a letter about the health care bill. Just made me realize that just having very reasoned, informative discussions that are, I'm not going to say devoid of emotion because that's not possible, but at least not emotional off the bat, you can certainly have a discussion and you sure. can change people's minds. I mean, I'm not saying she's going to become a card-carrying member of any party other than the Republican Party, but at least I felt like I had a moment where she was able to see past her own, as you say, you know, she was able to see past her own choices that she had made and said, you know what, maybe this isn't the right, This I made the wrong choice at one point. Gotcha. There's tons we can talk about, but the biggest thing that I want to talk about first is just the, the group New Jersey 11th for Change. This podcast is really kind of directed towards, obviously, towards citizens of the 11th District of New Jersey. However, anybody outside of the district listening to it, I mean, I know many people have gotten involved with local elections across the country, whether it's giving or putting out an opinion or campaigning for somebody or whatever, just because I think a lot of people have been switched on all of a sudden and people want to get involved. This 
episode, this inaugural episode, is going to be talking about how you can get involved, the group it's, itself. Not necessarily changing anybody's minds on anything. We're not really looking to do that right now. All we're really looking to do is just kind of inform people. That's really the big thing. So first thing I want to talk about is kind of the origin story of New Jersey 11th for Change and, and how you guys got involved with the organization and what the primary focus of the organization was from the beginning. Siley, I know you've been uh, with it pretty much since the beginning, right? Uh, since the beginning, I think I was added to the group, the Facebook group, when it was less than 50 people, perhaps. Wow. So possibly days after the election. And again, it started like most of the groups that you're hearing about in this in this movement, in this time. They started on Facebook. They started with a collection of people who decided that it was time to do something and not just complain about what they were doing. And that's really what happened to me. That's how I got involved. I had, yeah. kind of like you were talking before, I, I had observed politics and voted and given some money here and there, but I'd never been involved in, in any way other than perhaps when I canvassed for Bob Menendez back in the, <laughs> the late 80s as a teenager in Union <laughs> City. But this election changed that for me and it activated that part of me that I needed to make something happen. So I became involved with NJ 11th for Change and a little bit even more to, you, to, to how your story developed. We started out, uh, our first meeting was at a coffee shop in Montclair. It was an informal meeting. Somebody put out a, hey, you guys want to get together? I think it was December 4th. And I think about 10 or 11 people showed up. And out of those, out of that group, four of us are still on the steering committee. So from there, we just developed relationships and developed a plan and developed a vision and developed common ground as to what we thought this organization could do. Um, And we were really, really ambitious about it. So we laid out a, a vision of change. We knew that our congressman wasn't being responsive. We knew he wasn't being accountable. No one else was holding him accountable. He kept flying under the radar. And <laughs> we thought to ourselves, you know what? That's our job. We haven't been doing that. So now, now we're going to do it. Now he has to, you know, now he has to come to us and account for his voting. And so initially we started out exactly like that. That was our mission. Our mission was holding Rodney Freeling Heisen accountable. And the way we did that was we did, we held those uh, five town halls that last week of February because he hadn't held a town hall in three years. We had a petition at that point, too, for him to hold a town hall, which we delivered to his office. And again, no response. He doesn't do those things anymore. Um, but that was initially the focus of the, of the group. And what our ambitious plan, the, the, the overall plan that we had, was really to draw attention to this district. We knew this district had gone for Rodney Freelingheisen for 20 points. So we wanted to make it competitive. We wanted people to be here to look at us and say, wow, maybe we can do something in that district. And to do that... You know, we, we put in motion all of those plans. I'm talking about the town halls. We got involved with the Fridays with Freelingheisen. And it just built. It built momentum. And it just built in size with people. And it, it just the press and everything. It became, in by the end of March, something much bigger than those of us sitting at that coffee shop even anticipated. That's great. That's a true grassroots movement I mean, absolutely everyone is this was all what we call spare time work yeah um everybody that you know yeah <laughs> this was spare time work everyone on the steering committee was working and at the time i believe one of them uh one of the members was on maternity leave so this was all we did on our phones you know on the computer <laughs> on a break time at night in the middle of the night however whatever time you had and and that's how and that's basically how we all have continued to do it yeah yeah Lori, how did how did you get involved after the election I was bereft and really looking for something to, some way to contribute my skills. I've been very involved in politics and policy making, but on the international level for many years. I have a pretty good idea of how all of it works. I felt after the election, I thought that 
my attention's been on the wider world for a very long time, and now it really needs to be on the U.S. Huh. And, and really sort of focused on what's going on inside my country because the representation is not my representation any longer. Right, right. And I think, you know, over the eight years of the Obama administration, a lot of us got quite complacent. I thought not all of it, but a lot of this is good. I don't worry going to bed at night what I'm going to wake up to in the morning <laughs> with. I didn't worry with Obama. Mm-hmm. You know, sensible, smart, whatever. And then the night of the election, I just knew that I had I had to do something. And I signed up for the 11th for Change on, on the Facebook group. And in, I think it was February, I went to my first Fridays with Freelingheisen. I decided I am going to do this. I don't know anybody and I don't care. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> and um, I went for three weeks. And on the third week, I went to the the office where we meet and I met Marion who is the head of actions our actions committee and I said I I want to volunteer I want to do something mm. put me to work not unlike you said about your skills utilize my skills I'm really good with structure and organizations and developing policies and helping to sort of pin things down and make things run smoothly. And so I got involved with Fridays for Freelingheisen, and they did put me to work. And let me tell you, (laughs) like so much more than I ever thought. And, you know, what I'm finding is that after working at the international level, and I did work on the ground too, I always said change is local. Real change happens at the grassroots level. Couldn't agree more, yeah. Policy can help cement that, and it can help move it, but genuine sustainable change is at the grassroots. And I feel like I'm right there as part of that genuine sustainable change. It's the most amazing group of people. I've worked with a lot of volunteers in my life. I've been part of a lot of different nonprofit initiatives. But this is a group of people that are, it just all works. Yeah. I Don't ask me how it works, <laughs> but everybody, everybody's there. Everybody picks, the, you know, like, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll pick that up. If somebody can't do it, somebody else will step in. Yeah. And, and I think it's really because of the huge level of commitment to making change. Yeah, you well, know, there's a lot at stake. There's so there's much at stake. stake. I mean, just I'm just thinking about Title Ten. Yeah, you know, this past week. Never mind the bigger healthcare issue, right? And right. I was listening to a national public radio, um, the teen pregnancy prevention program. Oh, I just heard about that. Money, yeah, two hundred and some million dollars cut. They send out eighty some letters, no warning, no nothing. And states like Texas that have huge teen pregnancy rates, mm-hmm. yeah. the pregnancy rates have dropped, but we can expect a rebound on this. Right. You know, right. seriously, you're talking about people's lives here. And, 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 and I don't want to get too thick okay. in the weeds. I don't yeah. want to get, no, yeah. I don't get too thick <laughs> in the weeds, but I do want to make a point about, about exactly something like that. I think everybody that understands the way the world works understands that there's going to be, that politics, there's tough decisions. There's tough decisions that need to be made across the board, whether it's budget, healthcare, et cetera, et cetera, right? But some of these moves that are just being made just seem vindictive and mean and, mean and, and mean. unnecessary, really unnecessary, rolling back things that 
if it's not broke, don't try to fix it. And a lot of these things are are fine, and they're they're acting like they're broken. And I, that's that's something that I don't really understand. That's the type of thing that gets me going. That's the type of thing that gets me motivated to join a group like this to be like guys it, it's it's just common sense i don't care what side you root for i don't well, care what letter you have in front of your name an r or d an i whatever just common sense a little bit of empathy a tiny bit of empathy goes a long way mm-hmm. and it just seems but like e- but even more than that dumb. i mean from from our perspective as an organization yes there's definitely an empathy and a human element and all of that but what we wanted to do from the very beginning was have our representatives explain to us why why, he, yeah. why his votes. Right. Because, as you say, there are a lot of reasons why things happen. Sure. And, and some of them, you know, there's not an infinite pool of money. There, there has to make, you know, I know they have to make choices. But if, you're repre- if you are voted into a job, because, again, part of this is they don't realize, especially our congressmen, that this is not a title that's passed mm. from generation to generation, even though right. it actually is in it his particular. In particular yeah. This is you are hired by us every two years to right. do a job. Right. And you are hired by us to represent our interests. Mm-hmm. So when you go and you vote for these things and you slash and you cut and you burn and those things that you slash, cut, and burn, you, those are in our interest to maintain. Right, And right. you cannot explain to us why you will, you know, you're voting that way. Right. Why you're choosing to impact our lives in right. such a negative way. We have a right to demand that of you. That was really the core message. Of this Which was yeah. the right. start of this, which is we have a right to know why you're voting a certain way. As our elected representative, have to stand up and explain it. This is not something that happens in a back room and you get to slink away and pretend it didn't happen. You have to stand up and take our questions and defend those votes. And I think that's something that that New Jersey 11 for Change has been really adamant about explaining in that one look at it and you can be like, oh, that's a partisan group and they're on this side and blah, blah, whatever. No, you're missing the bigger picture and it's exactly what you said. The bigger picture is, no, we are trying to have you guys explain yourselves a little bit more. I don't care what party you affiliate yourself with, explain yourselves a little bit more because just because you vote a certain way, okay, well, what's your argument for voting that way? I, exactly what you said. We have, a, we have a right to know that. And like I said, politics are difficult. Tough decisions need to be made. And if you can give me a valid argument why you voted for that thing, and I, and I say, all right, you know what? I really don't agree with you, but I, I understand your points. That, that alone, I think it would if be If you have go. the courage to stand <laughs> yeah. up, and I, there are Republican Congress people there are, that will stand up, just as there are Democratic Congress people that won't stand up. It, it's not a right. partisan thing. No. It's a... It's a recognition that you work for the people that elected you. You don't work for the party. It doesn't matter which party you're in. You don't work for the president. You don't work for the party. You don't work for their surrogates. You work for us. And you have to stand up and defend your votes because essentially that's the only job you have. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's your, uh, your evaluation that we do every year, you know, with with jobs. You get evaluated every year. That, well, you do that every time you vote, man. You gotta, right. We have to get evaluated with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Right. Sal, I want to get to you uh, exactly how you got involved with uh, New Jersey 11 for Change. Sure. Uh, tough act to follow. <laughs> Obviously, I'm following an Esquire and a doctor. <laughs> and I'm just a mister. But, Me too, sir. Me but, too. <laughs> right, right. But I got to tell you that that's an example of the quality of people that we have in this group. And I, I can't tell you enough how many great people that I've met in this group. And I, I don't even consider them like part of a group anymore. They're my friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, because they're as motivated mm-hmm. as Siley is, as Lori is, and as I am as well. Because um, I know the question was like how to get involved. So 
Uh, we'll get into that. A no, bit. but that's that's good as why you stay in it. I mean, right. you know, some it, mm-hmm. it, it's not not it's just, just enough for a group people. to to entice you in. It's you know what keeps mm-hmm. you around. You know, and that's that's a good point. Even the and I'll get into this a little bit, but this Wayne Wednesday's one member of the group. He's actually my compadre in in uh, running it. He's actually I'm a big Yankee fan, as most of my friends know. But this guy is a Boston Red Sox. Very fan. good quality, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. I took him to the Yankee Stadium. I have uh, tickets. I didn't take him to a Boston game because that would be too hard to take. <laughs> but uh, you know, we we've been very good friends. He's a great guy. And uh, and like I said, all the other people in the group are, are just as talented and as motivated. Back to how I started. I, for years, 30 years living in Wayne, sat in the couch. Like I told you, my best friend would call every now and then. We're watching the political shows and venting to one another. And, uh, you know, as the years went on, uh, getting into, I would say, 2014, when a lot of your listeners that are that are local will know this, but Wayne became gerrymandered into uh, Representative Freeling Heisen's district. And uh, he never had that group before. It was uh, Bill Pasquale was our congressman for years and years. And I think that's what made Wayne very comfortable in terms of how things were going and why they really didn't have to bother about anything because uh, for the most part, the values of the people in the community were, were really being taken care of by Bill Pasquale. So 2014 rolls along, and for the first time in my life, I went uh, canv- uh, canvassing very briefly for the for the guy who uh, ran for Congress in that y- year, Mark Dunick. After all of this, I asked him, like uh, in 2016, after Trump got elected, and I said, like, you know, what can I do? Like, this is crazy. I don't want to just sit sit around. And he referred me to New Jersey 11th. And uh, that's actually how I got into there. Mm. And I went to a Friday's like everybody else did, met some people and uh, started to get involved. And to be honest with you, I don't know how this really came about, but Wayne is very important uh, going forward for the election. Big time, big time. And, uh, you know, there's uh, 55,000 people. I don't know how many are registered voters off the top of my head, but... It's huge. Yeah, big And uh, it's very important for elections. In the past, it it has had dismal turnouts just because of of what I told you before. The people have become complacent. Right. And off-year elections, they don't go out and vote. I think we had a a turnout of the last off-year election of something around 24%, if memory serves me. But whatever the number is, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I always say, how do... Like, how do people not care? About, I mean, although I was political but never got involved, I always voted. I mean, th- that's that's something that you, you should do. And then I started saying to myself, you know, we should, we should be doing more than voting, and we shouldn't let this happen. And because Wayne was so important, I said, like, we might have been talking among ourselves or something. I said, why don't we do something in Wayne? Rodney has a office at the uh, Wayne Municipal Building. Municipal Building, yeah. And... I can't tell you how many people I've asked and I said, do you know Rodney has a, an office in Wayne, in the Wayne <laughs> Municipal? Not a soul. No, 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 yeah. Not a soul knows. I bet you most of them didn't know they had Wayne had one of Morristown. And, and Maybe not. <laughs> and people don't even know he's our congressman. They probably when, all when, think he lives in Freelingheisen. When, yeah, when, <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, I am a, Rodney Freelingheisen. Yeah. I live in Freelingheisen. And, and when you go door knocking, they don't know, never mind about the state legislator or assembly positions, they don't know who their congressman is. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. And they'll, they'll think it's still bad. 
built Pascrell. And that's that's what you got to break through with. And yeah. that's why we started Wayne Wednesdays. We started going there. And if I can get a commercial in here. Do it. We meet every Wednesday. That's sort of obvious. <laughs> <laughs> but we meet in front of the Wayne um, Municipal Building, 475 Valley Road in Wayne. Uh, we meet there every Wednesday, uh, 1045 a.m., and we do our little sign-in as we do at, at Fridays. Actually, we just vent to one another yeah, before right. we go up and everything. A lot of people have taken to bringing letters so that they bring them up to the staff and everything. Rodney is never there, by the of way. Of course not, yeah. And uh, actually never at Fridays either. And for, for our listeners, the whole purpose of Fridays and for Wednesdays is we intend to keep going until he has an in-person town hall. There's senators and congressmen across the country that are hearing their constituents. And I admire uh, people like Lindsey Graham and people have, that have put up with this, and they stated their views outright, mm-hmm. even though it's in opposition to a majority of sure. what their constituents, but they told, he tells them why he's going to vote. Absolutely. And, and like, completely that's, agree with that. And that's yep. what we're looking for with our representative to, to simply tell us why are, would you vote for this health care? It just seems cowardly to me. Mm-hmm. It just seems cowardly. Like if you have an opinion and, and mm-hmm. you're a representative and it's, and it's, uh, it's against everybody else in that room, mm-hmm. but you still get up there and say like, you gotta, you gotta respect right. that man. So anyway, we, we started it. it. Um, our group is growing. It's not as big as Fridays. Fridays has had as many as 400 some odd people. Wow. The biggest crowd we ever had was a little over 40 people. And it's summertime, too, so a lot of people are on vacation. So Still not bad, though. We're, we're gonna, on a Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday, 1045 a.m. Yeah. in front of Town Hall. And it's then we bad. start march, marching up in groups to talk to staff and, like, you know, just state our views on whatever subject. And there's a lot of subjects to talk about. The thing with Fridays yeah. and the Wednesdays and the showing up that we've, you know, that we've kind of learned is it isn't so much how many people show up. It's that we're consistent. Consistent, yeah. So we've had only one Fridays canceled because it was the snow. But consistently we have people showing up. Consistently we have new people showing up. And it's really not, um, you know, they'd like to paint it as a protest. It is your absolute right as a constituent to air your grievances to your congressperson. Sure. And so we've taken that as I have a right to be in this office and I have a right to deliver my letter and I have a right to deliver my indictment of whatever it is that you're doing. And we've done that on a larger scale with having all of these people come in. It's something we take really seriously because it is the cornerstone of who we are. And I will say, it's funny how things have developed as the group. Fridays with Freelingheisen was something that uh, was a suggestion that we took, we modeled after I think it's Tuesdays with Toomey or mm-hmm. Thursdays with Toomey. It's one of the T's, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were doing it in Philadelphia. And and so we, it was a suggestion from a member. We we take the member suggestion, you know, the volunteer suggestion so seriously. And, and everybody's got an idea. Come, drop it. We're yeah, great with yeah. it. Um, and that's how Wayne Wednesdays, I think Started, they were doing right. um, Tuesdays also in Nutley at one point. Mm-hmm. And so, they're, you know, that's how we've grown these, these things organically. Can I ask a question in regards to both, actually, Wayne Wednesdays and for the socially awkward, I guess we could we will we'll paint them as. I think a better understanding of what actually happens. Like if you're a new person and you want to come to one of these things, what can you expect? Are you put on the spot? Is there? See, a thing it is that you whatever to do? you want it to be. I, um, so, well, what can I expect? Like walking because I've actually never been to one. What am I looking for when I get there? 
So you're going to see a group of people standing downstairs um, outside his office. And maybe, you know, Lori does these more. So I'll, I'll, I'll let her talk. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, that's exactly what it is. We, we have two locations. We meet at 11 Washington Street. We encourage people to come to 11 Washington Street first for exactly the reason that you said. People are really intimidated. I got to tell you, the first time I went up, to talk to the office staff, sure. even though he wasn't there, I was really nervous. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was even a little trembly. So what we want is for people come to where we have sort of a centralized meeting place. We'll talk to you about how to talk to the staff. We'll let you know what's going to happen when you go, go up in the elevator, get off at the second floor. We give very specific instructions. We've got sheets of talking points. So if somebody wants to say something but is not really clear... And these are these are nonpartisan talking points. They're about his voting record, right, right, in relation to the issues, correct. And so we we provide that. I think uh, that's an important thing to point out. I think I'm sorry to interrupt you, but sure. I, if I'm coming up, I'm brand new, and you give me a sheet here. Here's some talking points, and I'm like, yeah, I got, but I got something else I want to talk about. You're everybody's oh, like, oh, do go right no, no. ahead. What we do? This is more for the people that you're saying, like, if you're shy if or you're just you need, sh- if you're shy, a little uncomfortable exactly, yeah. first time, you gotcha. know. We want people to speak from their experience and what they want to say. Cool. We have no interest in telling anybody what to say, how to say it, who to say it to. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the democratic process. What we want to encourage is the democratic process. And what Siley said earlier is we're providing a regular forum, a -hmm. regular space, a safe space for people to be able to come, whether it's Wayne Wednesdays or Fridays with Freelingheisen, and exercise their constitutional rights. And I think for us, that's what it's really about. It's about helping to, This is, you know, I've, I was thinking about this as, as I was listening to both Siley and Sal talk. I think New Jersey 11th is really in the business of education. It's in the business of educating people to the fact that Rodney is their congressperson. I mean, <laughs> right. my yeah. district. The bare essentials here. <laughs> exactly. My district would also gerrymandered in, in 2014. I'm in West Orange. Ah, oh, right. And not only to that, that that's our congressperson, but also what that congressperson is voting for or not voting for. Yeah. That's critically important. But then you people go over to... 30 Schuyler Place in Morristown, mm-hmm. and they wait in line in front of his office. We are incredibly orderly. We have great relationship with the Morristown police. We talk to them on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. We st- we keep yes, the we're st- very legal. <laughs> we yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, we keep yeah. the sidewalk clear. We keep the front of the door clear. We have somebody stationed there. We can have as many as 15 people at a time up in the building and we count we have a, a person that's that's at the head of the line and and we count and often we have somebody upstairs so that if somebody has if somebody's um, upset or whatever you have to i mean people tell very very personal stories mm-hmm. to the congressperson's staff and we we want to be there to support them. I don't know if I've heard it from this group or from other groups that they, they talk about when when you want to make a relationship or make a congressperson or anybody in Congress really listen to you. The way to do that is through their staff because those are the people that you invite out to rallies and group and you know events and things that you guys host because they're the ones they're the gatekeepers. They're the ones that really pass that 
that level of, as I said, empathy off to a, a congressperson or a senator or whatever. I, so I think that's very important that you guys have a, a working relationship with not only their staff, but the local law enforcement and that it's orderly. <laughs> we're I orderly. Think. You know, we're also extremely polite. One of the things yes. that we have prided ourselves in, you know, throughout the last seven months is that we take a very respectful tone in all of our dealings with the congressman or his staff or yeah. anyone. That's not to say that people aren't genuinely upset, genuinely angry, and right. genuinely feeling emotion. That would trying want, to temper that. Right, that would want, you know, <laughs> that would lead to someone lashing out because these are issues that affect everyone personally and right. some more than others. But in terms of how we've approached our role in the democratic process and our part of what we're supposed to be doing as constituents, which is showing up, asking questions, giving feedback, requesting answers, that part we've taken very seriously to maintain a very respectful tone. And if you, that's why the talking points are nonpartisan. The group is nonpartisan. We've not, and as Lori said, our job here is to educate. What we realized when NGLM for Change started out as a group was, one, you had a lot of people who had no clue who their congressperson was. They didn't know what a congressional district was. They certainly didn't know what a legislative district was. And they didn't understand that those two things were actually completely different relating to two separate parts of government. Right. Um, you know, two different Absolutely. types of government. So th there was an information gap that we were trying to fill. Then there were the people that kind of sort of had some information, but still in their minds, Imagine that, you know, Rodney Freelingheisen was the Rodney Freelingheisen of 1995, which was more moderate and where he was he was really a moderate back then and had the record to show that he was the label, but actually had the vote. Part of what we're trying to do is to show, you know, that guy, that moderate congressperson you started voting for in 95 doesn't exist today. And here's right. the reason why. Here's how he's voted on X, Y, or Z. It's up to the individual who's reading those you know, talking points to, do, to have their own judgment on mm -hmm. what that means. It's not up to us to tell you that that's wrong. This is a factual document that tells you this is how he's voted. If you agree with this, then you've got the Great. congressman you voted for, and cool. congratulations. You you don't, that's fine. <laughs> you don't have the same issues that we do. But I remember when I sat down, you know, one of the words that, that Sal used before about how he became involved is complacency. And I think that this district in overall has had a little bit of complacency, not just the people who were redistricted in, but the people who've had Rodney for, for the 22 years and haven't really looked beyond the name or you know the fact that the town's named after him. And we're here to, to sort of pull the veil out, you know, down and show people what that means, what it means to have them as a congressperson. And and that's part of our, that's the biggest part of what we're doing is the education piece. So the group starts as a great groundswell. And then we get a little bit of attention. We get a little bit of attention thrown at us. And you in particular. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just a little attention. <laughs> sorry, Siley. I got to bring this up. No, I apologize. That's, that's fine. But uh, yeah, you get you get a little bit of attention here. And good old Rodney kind of lashes out a little bit. I get attention and I am probably the least likely person to have received attention. Well, when I heard about this, okay, and for those that don't know what I'm talking about, Siley worked for Lakeland Bank. Yes. There's a, a fundraising letter from Rodney that gets thrown in the mail to, you know, your higher-ups, whoever. And there's a little handwritten note on it that says, by the way, somebody working for you is there is the ringleader of this oppositional group. Again, totally looking at it for five seconds and saying, oh, that's a partisan group, and they're completely against me. You know, right. go get her, 
basically yes. <laughs> basically is what it what it said what it seemed like anyway at first glance looking at it you subsequently left and ended up leaving your job i'm assuming because of it right and well, it was well, there, that was a good reason for yeah it, yeah <laughs> and now i think it worked adver- i think it worked uh, adversely to what he wanted the group got more attention probably more support because who does that who does that as a, as a rep- trying to get somebody else fired because they have an opposing opinion about something I you know have to I mean? tell you, 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 you laugh, but my fir- everyone wants to know whether I was, you know, scared, intimidated, you know, were you afraid? And I was like, I saw the letter and laughed. Yeah. I really, uh, I called my husband in tears laughing because all I kept thinking about was, how do you put something like that in writing? I mean, I'm a lawyer, so in my mind, I'm thinking evidentiary yeah, yeah. things. Like, I, why would you ever put anything like that in writing? And right. he did. And not only was it in writing, it was in his own handwriting. Handwriting, yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about that a little bit, but I also want to talk about that as it revolves around the the group in itself and how that made that push for the group to to kind of kind of rally around right. some kind of rallying point. That was a hard thing for me to decide to do. I mean, there was one thing to receive the letter; it didn't have the intended effect. Well, it had some of the intended effect. I personally was not intimidated, but it did create a situation at work that was uncomfortable and compounded other things that were going on at work, and eventually made me leave. So the thing was, the letter came in March. The, the letter I saw, excuse me, I, I don't know when it came in, but I saw it on March 23rd and I didn't release it while I was working because I had made a promise to my employer, you know, one of the three or four times that they had confronted me about my activities with NJ 11th for change that I would not deliberately bring an association between the bank and the group. I mean, I couldn't sure. help the fact that my name is what it is. And if you Googled me, you'd find you'd my LinkedIn find profile and you'd figure out there was an association. <laughs> I mean, you didn't, it didn't take that long, but I wasn't going to deliberately ever identify myself as an employee of Lakeland Bank. I wasn't going to make that, you know, a, a point. I didn't release the letter until I was out of the job. So until I was out. Because I didn't really, I, I have a family, you know, I have a career or I had a career <laughs> that's up for grabs right now. But, um, but once I left my job, I decided, you know, this, it, I think it was part of, again, an education piece that needed to come out. People needed to know that their congressman would do something like that. See, right. That's... See, he has a reputation, especially in this area, as, you know, that grandpa mm-hmm. that shows up at the can- pancake breakfast looking slightly rumpled, maybe in, like he slept in his clothes, I'm not really sure. And he's like the nice guy who goes to your kid's uh, science fair. But would your nice guy, you know, grandpa, warm and fuzzy congressman do this? Right. If he's right. not really playing a game and, you know, artfully cultivating a persona that isn't who he is and i thought it was important for everyone to see that and that was definitely a true color moment right right? and that's really what i was you know imagining now i certainly had no idea this was going to go as big as it did and i i am still stunned that i like it went that far (laughs) are you a little wary of the attention you know like it um I mean, I'm I'm too old to have it even affect me in any yeah. way. It's not something that I think about. I have a very real life. So, sure. you know, the fact that I, I tell the story all the time, the day it happened, I was getting calls from reporters all the time. And my kids are seven and nine. And I, it's like they were clamoring for a snack. And I said to my son, can you just hold on? Mommy's on the phone with a reporter. And it was, I think it was the Washington Post. It was somebody big. And he looks at me and he says, mommy, I'm really hungry. Can they call you back? <laughs> so, so you to go. answer your question, I, I don't have any, like that just, I'm fully grounded and I don't have any, that doesn't affect me. 
I mean, I could see how somebody who was younger, you know, or less grounded would feel, you know, a little bit more with the attention. I mean, I know I know it for what it is, which is a moment in time. And for me, it's a way of delivering a message. So I'm, I'm clear about what the, the attention is for. Well, that's good. And, and that's something that, I, that, like I said, I wanted to kind of lump it into this this topic which is which is basically from something like that spawns a lot of attention positive negative but mainly positive for the group and as far as people getting involved so i want to ask you guys when this all was going on and more people started showing up more people started getting involved what were you guys seeing when you were talking with people more people coming out what were, what were like the overarching themes and the the stuff that came up just time and time again well first of all let me just say that uh Siley is underplaying exactly how brave she was in terms of doing this because it, t- it took a lot of guts to release that and she obviously knew what was going to come of it in terms of exposure maybe not to the extent that it has yeah. I-, I mean i've heard stories where this story has reached other countries overseas mm. so uh sure there, there was no small potatoes that that uh she did this and consequently what happened was we got a lot of positive press. I'm sure that she knew that that was going to happen. And I'm sure that that's why she decided to do that. And I'm sure that she felt that by doing that, a lot of good was going to come out of it. Because as she said, what he wrote at the bottom of that letter speaks volumes in terms of what it says. In terms of his character. Volumes. In terms of his well, character. I mean, he called me a ringleader, which if you, de- if you look in the definition, is, you know, is something about illicit activity. Yeah. And what I felt as though, I didn't take it as a personal insult because, again, it didn't, it didn't touch me that way. But I felt as though by calling me that, he was, in a way, calling all of us leaders of an illicit movement. And you know what? I'm a citizen. I have a right to have an opinion. You may not agree with it. That's... Your call. I mean, that's up to you. And, and let me let me just add too. Uh, we were talking about how calm we are and orderly in terms yeah. of in line, and our representative just called out about how we were a threat to him. Right. Yeah, yeah. And how unruly we were, and how we were disrupting his office. As usual, everybody takes that as a mantra and runs with it. They hold this as the view of our group. Right. It is the farthest thing from the truth. We even made a point after he started releasing quotes like that. I think it was on a telephone town hall or something like that. But we all asked the staff people, do you think we're disorderly? Or do you think we're like making a big ruckus here or being disruptive or are we a threat to you? And everyone just remarked about how what a good group we were in terms of what we were doing. And what we're, what we're doing is following our conscience Sure. in terms of what we're doing. I always look at this as a moral responsibility. There are issues on the table that are going to affect human lives. For me to sit on my couch and watch Rachel Maddow, that is wrong. Sure. And, it, and it's wrong for people to do that now, especially now when, when terrible things are happening. And one other thing, we didn't get into the Wayne Wednesdays thing about what kind of you know atmosphere you can expect, but I wanted to stress that the, the thing that's really important is people are very reluctant to come out and talk in a political atmosphere. They're afraid to talk in politics, first of all, sure. especially now. And then to go to a congressman's office and, and state your views, it's hard to bring people out of the House to do that. So our group, what we do at Wednesdays is we go up in groups of like four, four to five people. When a new member comes, I'll introduce them. They'll give them a hand, make them feel at home. 
We'll share the letters that people are bringing up to give them idea of what the issues are, if they're uncomfortable with, with talking about the issues. And, and I got to say, the quality of people that come to this thing, I can't be prouder of the people that I've met that come here. They're the, the highest quality and cal- caliber of people, moral, intellectually, writing ability, anything you can think of. There's, there's one guy in particular that writes a letter every Wednesday, and he's had several published and they're great, just to the point and eloquently stated. One of my best, brightest, and devoted members is a Republican. We he, have a look, lot of them in the group. Look at we that. Do. He comes. Look at that. That's great. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, when he came, we asked him, like, you know, you coming here? And he says, yeah, I, I have the same issues that you have. And right, I, and right. And I, I pick my issues. Like, if I don't agree with something, then I'll say I don't agree with that. But for the most part, it's to the point now where you you have to follow your conscience. Right. And I think that's an important thing to, to throw out there. And I'm glad that there are so many Republican or p- opposing views, you know, different right. different types Independence of Independence as well. Independence as well. I think that's great because I think I think that everybody needs to understand that it's not nobody's being shunned. This is an open inv- invite to anybody and everybody. everybody that has an opinion, that has a sexual preference, that has a race, that has a religion, that has anything. The one thing that I cannot stand is you read these news stories about such great things happening, such great advocacy groups uh, working towards something, and then all of a sudden some some little story will pop out. Well, they wouldn't allow this group to be a part of it. I actually think that that is the greatest strength of this group, is that there's a tension within the group itself of some people are much more sort of want to do bigger actions and some people want to keep it more low key. The way I think about it is people in this group that are making decisions, and it is a very egalitarian decision-making process, are reflective of the greater society and are able, because NJ11 is a safe place, to have the kinds of discussions that we are having a very difficult time having in just sort of general life. Mm -hmm. Because we're able to have those kinds of discussions around decision making about how to move forward and what kind of actions are going to take place and bringing in and having a lot of yes, that yeah, you want to do that? Yes. You want to go there? Yes. There's no exclusion, but there are parameters, you know, and those parameters are politeness and they are there's Respectful. this respect <laughs> for one another. Yeah. And I think that people can find themselves in NJ11 because the group is in that sort of constant struggle to find the sweet spot. You know? This isn't right. This isn't this isn't an anti-Trump group. This isn't an anti-Republican no, group. This isn't all. anything like that. This isn't an anti-anything group. Right. No, no that's actually the key to I, what we are. The way that I love to the, love to describe it when everybody asks me, "Oh, what's your political affiliation?" I'm with the party of decency. This is that's what this is. This, this is the is decency not, yeah, party. We are not man. an anti-anything. Anything. And, right. and and part of you want to talk to me? You have completely different views than I have, but, you, but we want to have a, a, a civil understanding conversation and, and possibly just a, an exchange of ideas. Boom. This is the place to be, man. We're not shunning anybody out the door on this. What's un- what united us in- initially may have been a visceral reaction, sure. immediate visceral reaction to a really bad Go election. Ahead. Yes. But what keeps us here is we, we've kind of come to the point where we understand that that emotion exists and mm-hmm. it's and it you know will flare up and, and it will happen. <laughs> but as a group, we're focused on 
the quality of representation that we all have with this. We have one person representing us in Congress. Mm-hmm. And how he represents us is the question we ask. If you are in total agreement with everything he's done, then this group is not for you. If you, (laughs) however, have questions, if you're wondering whether or not you've interpreted his voting record correctly, if you just want more information, this could be a group for you. Again, that has nothing to do with a party because he doesn't just represent Republicans and he doesn't just represent Democrats. He represents everybody. So for us, it's a very large tent and everyone is welcome. And I think that's a, that, that answers my question I had about how has the, the mission statement of the group, if you will, ch- had changed over time. And I think that's a good, good way to put it. But now it's kind of more progressed into a all-encompassing idea for what this district is all about, what it should be, rep- how it should be represented. Yes? Our mission has pretty much been the same thing since we put it up on the Facebook page back in uh, either February or March. And that is we demand transparency, accountability, and responsiveness from our congressperson. That's it. Now, in terms of how we are demanding those things. We've changed over time. We've had different, you know, we've held the town halls and obviously he's not going to have one now. So we, we, we will change, you know, we'll, we'll change the tactics by which we demand these items. But the mission isn't going to change because ultimately that's what everybody needs to demand of their congressperson. Right. Transparency, accountability and responsiveness. And he's given us none of that. So last thing we want to talk about is the future of the the organization and there's so much stuff going on it's very scary today because the news cycle flips on a, on a dime there's so many things that you hear about you're talking about title 10 and you're also talking about the the teen pregnancy thing i mean here's what i want out of this presidency okay i want one day one day where i don't hear something that terrifies me yeah, <laughs> one friggin day where where every piece of news is like all right i would actually meh. like to go back to the time when the news cycles were 24 hours and maybe like sure. 48 but now the news cycle is you go and you get a, a hot dog and you come back and it's like a turn yeah, that the cycle minutes. turned over yeah, yeah. And I all, want- all the nighttime news shows they're rewriting their stories like as they happen as they right? happen they right? have to. as I well want- as the monologues on uh, late night comedy i want to have a life like just I, <laughs> my husband and i talk about this all the time it's like what happened to our life you know <laughs> yeah. seriously what happened to our life where so much of our time and our energy and our mental focus is on what is happening and what are the options for us to take action? Right. It's interesting because I actually have the opposite effect. I, I think for me, I, I felt so, to use your word again, um, so complacent before this election. Mm-hmm. And I'm really conscious right now that I don't want to raise complacent children. Yeah. So I'm, I really want them to understand that this is not something that I will stop doing when I reach X goal, whatever X goal is, right? Mm-hmm. For me, this is something that should be a lifetime practice, not just for me, but for them. That's always be questioning yeah. and always be asking mm-hmm. questions because that's your right as an American citizen. You know, as anything, that's your right to question. What boggles my mind, and I understand, you know, anybody listening to this that has opposing views that is saying, ah, oh, you know, stop being such a baby and it's okay and whatever. <laughs> like, I, you know, you hear that and it's okay. Oh, nothing any president has ever done has ever affected me personally. Really, really, man. You really can, uh, I've heard. I've heard that from several people. Wow. Thank you. I would love to have a conversation with someone who feels that way because we have a lot to learn from the people who feel that way. Yes, absolutely. And again, I think the important message here, 
and something that we've said numerous times is that you're being inclusive about this. Like, I want to hear, I want to listen. I want to listen. Yeah. I don't want to talk. I don't want to spew out my opinions about stuff. I want to listen to what you have to say. Great. We don't have to agree, we don't have but to I'm agree just curious. I'm, I want to listen, and I I'm really not coming at you. I know what would make somebody feel that way. Right, exactly. <laughs> Whatever juice they're drinking, that would be nice. But what's interesting <laughs> to me, though, is is that, the, you know, and what's what's terrifying is that the this constant rhetoric and this constant conspiracy theories that get tossed out time and time again for about about everything and anything where it's like how can you really even accept any of that and then just misinformation subpar journalistic standards activism is so important but i think the biggest thing that we need to be doing as activists is what we've been talking about just educate just a little bit of education of, of nothing more than simple black and white facts like here you go man this is this is exactly what's happening i'm just curious in is in that regard as to from what you guys see with the group the biggest challenges is that is that one of the biggest challenges with this group moving forward like what are what are some of the things that are facing this group that is going to be difficult for you to grow in numbers not so much for the group but if i mentioned before that i have several uh friends who are conservative that we you know go back and forth on and a lot of these issues arguments that we'll debate. Lately, when I try to discuss anything, and I'll refer them to a Times article or even a Wall Street Journal article, sure, it's fake news. It, right. It's all the time. And it's constant. Constant. It, it is constant now. And it's a shame because they put in so much effort now to get things right mm-hmm. because it's critical mm-hmm. that they, they get stories right. And still, it's... The badgering goes on. The you know the whistle goes out that this is fake and right. everything and CNN and. But I love taking something like that and saying, okay, you know, you don't okay, you don't trust Time, you don't trust Washington Post. What do you trust? What do you trust? But I go to Reuters, I go to AP News, I go to C-SPAN for Christ's sakes, and I'll show you the exact same story, the exact same black and white evidence, proof, facts, whatever you want to call it. Doesn't How? matter. Doesn't matter. Voting records are not subjective. So for me, I respond to everything with go check a voting record. It's a yes vote or a no vote on something that's very important to you. It's an objective fact. Mm -hmm. It's there. It's not a Times article and you can't tell me that it's fake news. Yeah, right. Exactly. So do you do you guys feel that that is do you feel that I, that's the biggest problem for New Jersey 11th? I don't necessarily think I, I think it's a huge problem in general. Yeah. Enormous problem. And it's caused a huge divide and it's made it so that people can't talk to one another. Right. Two things quick. The first one is we have a guy that comes into Fridays with Freeling Heisen every week, every other week. We call him the Facts Matter Man. <laughs> and he oh, gives yes. out buttons that say Facts Matter. And he gives out copies of the Constitution. And he gives out bumper stickers that say Facts Matter. I love that. That's what he does. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're doing radio. Sal's doing Wayne Wednesdays. We're doing... That's his job. That's his thing. <laughs> the thing that I think is for me is of most concern, having worked in advocacy campaigns and other sort of policy-related efforts, is that people burn out. You know, mm. there's a there's an upswing, like what we saw right after the election, and then it's not for lack of wanting. People get tired. Yeah. And especially in the Trump shock and awe paradigm, where, like you were saying, Mike, that 
every day is a new thing. Every something, day. Yeah. Every day you get hit with something. People don't know what to do after a while and they start to get really tired. What I want to say to activists in general is make sure you take some time for yourself. There is nothing wrong with that. A burned out activist is no good to anybody. And so within New Jersey 11th, I think sharing the burden back and forth, being able to say like, I'm going to be away for the next three days. If, if you really need me, call me, I will pick up the phone, but I also need that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and again, there is nothing wrong with that. That's what's going to maintain you for the long run. I think and yeah. that's what we need. Yeah. We, as Siley said earlier, we have to be in this for the long run. Sure. We do. Yeah, just because to- exactly what you're saying, you're, you want to pass it down to your kids. I want to do the same. I actually really yeah. want to do the same. I got a two-year-old and another one on the way in a couple of minutes, I think. But, <laughs> but uh, I'm not midwife trained, so that's, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm not just that kind of doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Uh, but, I mean, for, for me, it's interesting because I, I, when I hear your question, I hear layers. I'm listening to layers of the question. So I think there are challenges that we face as a society. There are things that as Sal pointed out, you know, how to talk to people that and the news, you know, fake news phenomena and, you know, the credibility of sources and just the way that our fundamental blocks of what we consider to be the fundamental blocks of democracy have been, you know, eroded. in this. So the challenges to that are very different than, say, the challenges to NJ 11th specifically, because I think for NJ 11th for change, our challenge is partly what Laurie said in terms of burnout and having people committed. But our challenge is also time. Mm-hmm. It's just naturally time. It's time as a premium. Mm-hmm. So we are all volunteers. And again, this is our quote unquote spare time work. Yeah. Okay. So people put in eight, 10, 12 hour days. And in their spare time, they contribute massive amounts of time, energy, skills to this group. Time is our largest. It's the one thing I can't control for properly. So I can control for a lot of things. And I'm a lawyer. I'm always thinking about how to control for things. But that's the one thing that I I don't know we have enough time, not just as a group individually, you know, with what we contribute, but also there is a ticking time with elections. So there's, it's not like we, we can, you know, we're setting a 10 year goal. I mean, we have very specific goals that are set within, you know, with a marker of November 2018. So time, the clock is moving. And so for me, that's the greatest obstacle. It's interesting. I think that the intersection of how the NJ 11th, the time issue for us and and what Sal was talking about, part of what I I see in the group is people want to do, want to fix everything at once. All the, everything has to be fixed 100%. And anything short of that is... They failure. internalize it yeah. as a failure. And what I've, you know, we've tried really hard as a, as a steering committee and as a group and with all the volunteers is there are so many small victories that we've been able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. I just want to put out there that today is July 17th and they have not been able to repeal Obamacare. They have not been able to repeal it, even though they have the presidency, the House of Representatives and the Senate. Mm-hmm. And that is nothing that is absolutely no one takes credit for that except for us. Not mean not us, not NJ 11th. I mean us, the people that are standing mm-hmm. up with our voices. We have done that. Yeah. Take that as a victory because again, this could have happened January March. 22 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. There are so many victories that we've been able to to have, and we have to be able to one acknowledge them, to acknowledge our part in them, and really celebrate the fact that it, we're doing things at work. 
Because when we don't win and when we, you know, things that will pass that are not, you know, what we wanted, that's the only way to keep people motivated. Because what I don't want to see is people feel like, oh, we can't get anything done. Look at this. What are we doing? Right. That defeatist attitude can really start to crawl in. And then you're back to 2016 where you were sitting on a couch complaining and not really moving. And so I want to make sure that because this is a movement for me, this is moving. We need to keep moving. And it's hard to do when all of these other things are happening, like the fake news, you know, and and yeah, the, yeah, the fact yeah. that, you know, every day is a, you know, boom, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But that for me is a challenge as somebody who's, an, you know, an organizer and trying to keep people focused on smaller goals and specific goals and making them feel like, you know what, you are doing fantastic work. You have to be able to acknowledge that for yourself. I think that's a very good for people getting burnt out, people getting a little bit frustrated to point out those small victories to kind of keep them motivated, keep Absolutely. them going. That's, that's it's huge. imperative. Yeah, it it's is. The only, if we, if every day we approach it with, oh my God, this is horrible. We have how many days left? Yeah, no one's right. going to do anything. We, right. we have to always acknowledge that we are here and we have done so much. Who would have thought in seven, eight months that we are would be here? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just want to blow people's minds because <laughs> I, I, I want to, you know, 20 points is what Rodney Freelingheisen won an election in 2016 that is now considered a contested yes. district. Yes. That is not because of my letter or whatever. That is because of all of the work that people have put in. And that's a huge accomplishment. Mm-hmm. That's huge. If I could just add on to that. Sure. In terms of uh, Wayne Wednesdays. When I first started this as a group, I just had envisions of like a Fridays with Freeling Heisen occurring in front of the Wayne Municipal Building every Wednesday. We've had at, at most like 40 people. And we, we average like around 30. and. But felt, you're consistent, which is important. Right. right. I sort of got down in the dumps as, as Siley was referring. And like that attitude is exactly what you got to take. The people that come out on Wayne Wednesdays, they come out consistently. As motivated as I am, they are just as motivated now, between 20 and 30 of them. Where maybe two months ago, I was looking at this as like, geez, this isn't working. You know, where's the hundreds of people? Yeah, yeah. When am I going to get on Rachel Maddow here or something? (laughs) 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 And, uh, And then I looked at the people. These guys are, are really great people. Yeah. And they they have come out, just like me, off of the couch, and now they're they're coming out every single Wednesday. There's people that bring their kids. We always po- pose for a photo just to show that the group was there every Wednesday and, yep. and show how it's growing and everything. Yep, yep. I'm viewing it more as a victory now. It absolutely is. It, it is. absolutely is a victory. Totally. You know what you did? You guys made Rodney Freelingheisen also be not complacent anymore because he can't hide behind mm-hmm. his staff. He can't hide behind his votes. He has to deal with mm-hmm. 40 people in Wayne, which, by the way, nobody knew about, right? Yeah. And Every hopefully week. more when yeah. people find out his office is in Wayne Municipal right. Town Hall. And yeah. he also has to deal with right. two days a week, not just Fridays, but Wednesdays <laughs> too. Right. Now, which, before we wrap up, we got the big plug before, but I want you to do it again uh, for how to get involved first with Wayne Wednesdays. This had many names, but yes. we settled on that. One. I want to how to get involved with Wayne Wednesdays, but then and then also to how to get involved with New Jersey Eleven for Change. So the go ahead, okay. do your uh, commercials. Wayne yeah. Wednesdays every Wednesday morning at quarter to eleven, 
in front of the Wayne Township Municipal Building. It is on Valley Road. On your GPS, it would be 475 Valley Road. Come there about quarter 11. Don't be afraid. We have people that will guide you through the whole process. Anybody they're looking for in particular? Should they, should they mention your name? Uh, well, I'm always there. So, <laughs> In fact, uh, me and another woman have perfect attendance. So. Nice. <laughs> Although that's... That's going to dry. I go on vacation another week or so, so that's going to go by the boards. But if anybody's listening in Wayne or even in the surrounding areas or even anywhere in the 11th District, just just come down. I heard this said before, and it, it, it's very true. It's an entirely different vibe than uh, Fridays with Freelingheisen. It's more of like a social event. Is there any kind of like email address or anything if everybody wants to reach out or any kind of phone number? Uh, I'll give you uh, our easy-to-reach website on NJ11. It's simply nj11.org. Okay. And that'll direct you to the website. There's a sign-up and then uh, at the website for the newsletter, and you can um, also sign up for to be a volunteer, and you'll get information on, right. on the Wednesdays. And we, we strongly encourage people to sign up for the newsletter, which is, it's an email blast on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. A lot of great people put a lot of work into responding to the issues Mm -hmm. of the week. Our representative, Freelingheisen, comes out with an email newsletter to all of his constituents, which we all get. And in the newsletter, our folks put together responses to that newsletter. Nice. And they're very, very well done. You mentioned the the website, NewJersey11.org is the website. I got it up there. People can donate. They can join the Facebook page. Go go into all the I also just, um, you had asked one question before about looking forward. And this is kind of part of what we're we're, we're also doing. We're putting together town teams. So we have 54 towns Mm. in in the district. And there are town teams developing. I think we have 30 town teams already. I'm on one. Right. So <laughs> the idea behind the town teams is essentially to have a group of people that are well versed in, you know, the NJ 11th for change mission and also um, the congressman's records and can move in their towns within their own social circles and have these important discussions. Because one of the things I tell people all the time is, you know, a movement means motion. Um mm-hmm. So get off the Facebook page, <laughs> get off Facebook in general, get off of social media. You have to have, in order, in order to have these, we have to have conversations with yeah. people and we have to do it at the really local level and start in your town, start in your living room. And if you don't want to go to Fridays, host a, a group of five or 10 people and talk about what's going on. And then that'll branch out from there. And eventually, hopefully you will have a more informed electorate, you know, come the next election that knows exactly what they're voting for. Nice. I like that. And if I could just add, Team Wayne is up and running. Nice. And we have about 25 members, and we've actually begun canvassing. This was our second week, and we're going to continue through election election day. And if anybody's hesitant to do that, I always say this. The mayor of Woodland Park, he had a line at last Wednesday's get-together. And they asked him, uh, how important is canvassing? And his response is, it's the holy grail. It just stuck with me because it is. You're not going to reach people unless they know you, you have a social interaction with them, and you can explain to them what you're all about or what your candidate's all about and uh, on a face-to-face. And whether they agree with you or disagree with you, they have that interaction. And like because Wayne is so tough... In terms of getting our message out, we've begun canvassing early. I think it's important for the, the candidates that are that are canvassing because there's so little name recognition. The earlier you get your names out there and, and start canvassing and, and knocking on doors and developing those relationships, that's obviously what's most important. So 
in addition to coming out on Wayne Wednesdays, join Team Wayne. Uh, so you can get go to our website and do that as well. And there's a lot of other town teams all there, across all oh, across the right. district. The goal is 54 town teams, and uh, actually our goal was 27 before the end of the summer. Correct, Lori? Correct. And, and I think we're already at 30. We I are. just wanted to, nice. to to give everyone a, a, like a really secret piece of information. It's completely. I don't think anybody knows this. It's really secret. You will never win an argument on Facebook. Never. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> no one will. You will never fruitless. win an argument yeah. on social media. No. You will never be right nope. on any social media platform. No. So, <laughs> having said that, the key is to get out yes. <laughs> and walk and talk and have these interactions and be social and learn, you know, establish a community inside your community. One of the beautiful things about our group is the fact that people in you know towns, people that felt isolated because of their voting choices in the uh-huh. 2016 election were able to figure out that they weren't the only person in the town that voted that same way. And they were astounded to find that there were you know x many people that my goodness we I didn't I was thought I was the only one. <laughs> and there is a social component to this because as Sal said, that's that's how you build community and that's how you build connections and that's how you're able to have real conversations not the kinds where you just hit you know enter on facebook right, and, and right. say i was right you see there you go like it love it <laughs> i like it and then there's there's and my that's opinion. me that's and that's yeah. my angry face when i don't i mean <laughs> yeah. that's not yeah. how we want to do this <laughs> i just want to say one more thing about the town teams sure and that is that the town teams are each deciding on what they will do Got it. There's no... And it's town-specific, really. It's It's town-specific, and there's no mandate coming down from anybody. Right. This is sort of just... It's the same as the larger New Jersey 11th, where people get together and they make the decisions about how they're going to move forward. Right. It's true. Um, I was a little taken aback by that, actually, to to be perfectly honest with you. I I went and I met with people at that Starbucks, like I said. And uh, I was expecting marching orders. And instead I got, what do you want to do? And I was like, what do you mean? What do I want to do? I don't know. That's what I came it, But does it make sense for, I mean, does it resonate with you? Because part of what we, you know, uh, we are not top down in the sense, you know, we're not here to tell people right, no. what to do, how to think or how to vote. We have a really different purpose. I get it. I love it. So, I think it's great. I, I think, but I think the the one thing for people like myself, who's, who, who are just motivated and, but also kind of want to be pushed <laughs> in a direction, like kind of want to just a little bit. I think the education of the voting record, I think, is that's a hundred percent key. I think that is the if that's the main fo- if that is the main focus moving forward for every one of these town teams is just the, here's the voting record, here's what it is. Did you know? And like that's, that's it. Essentially, I think that's what great. we're trying to do is educate because it comes back to those it's voters the- that didn't even know who they were voting for. Correct. Um, and we want to make sure that when you show up at a voting booth in 2018, you have a really informed vote. That's your choice. But at least you can't say, well, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize that he voted that way. No, we've told you. We've spent yeah. two years telling you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> so that's what we're trying to make sure happens. Lori, anything else with the action committee that yeah, I know you want to throw out there that people um, um, we, you may see us at farmers markets around the district. There are volunteers who have decided that they want to hand out information and other swag. Sal did Wayne Day, Fishawak. We had a booth at Fishawak. There are a number of things um, coming up uh, next next Saturday or Sunday. We have we are going to be part of the Black Lives Matter gathering in Morristown. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really looking to get out there in the community so that 
as as Siley has and and Sal have said to provide the kind of materials, the educational materials, so that people know. You know, yeah, they sure. they know who they're caught. That you go to you go to to Wayne Day, you go to Fishwack, you go to Randolph Freedom Fest. You learned who your congressman was. Hey, so how about that? It's, it's good. <laughs> it's a it's novel good. idea. It is. <laughs> what an idea! It's, nice. it's an amazing time, and I think that you know, for me, I woke up November 9th and I you know cried my eyes out on a counter, and my husband just sat there looking at me like he didn't know what to do, and I never want to feel like that again but for me it was more it wasn't even that i felt helpless it's that i felt personally responsible for what had happened because i sat on a couch and i watched it happen and i kept waiting for someone to do something because i thought this is america things like this don't happen reality tv people don't become president i mean that's just crazy how does that work it's not a movie it's going to self-correct at some point someone will fix it and then you know the next milestone happens and you're like wow they haven't fixed this problem yet and then and then it'll happen and i part of what i said to myself was you know, I will feel disappointment in the future and I will be disappointed by a vote and by, uh, you know, uh, the way an election com- turns out. That's going to happen. Absolutely. But I will never feel like I was the part, the reason that that happened because I am exactly the constituent, you know, the, the model constituent for what happened in 2016. I did not get out there. I voted and I gave a little cash, but that was it. So I never, ever, ever want to feel that way. And I think every single person in our group feels exactly that way. They don't ever want to wake up and say, you know what? I didn't do anything about it. Everyone feels like I, if I, you know, we're doing as much as we can and things may not work out the way we want to, but nobody's going to go home and say, wow, you know what? I just sat on the couch. Well, you know what? That's a great place to end it. I think that's some that's that's what everybody's got to do out there. Get involved. Be the change. Get involved with New Jersey 11th for change. NewJersey11.org is the website. Reach out, man. Do something. You know, call your congressman. Call your senators. Everybody talks about that. I don't know if you, anybody uses Countable, the, the app Countable. Yes. That's amazing. It just Countable's goes right awesome. there. One it's little button, good. boom. Calls your congressman. I was shocked when somebody answered the one time. I actually called Rodney's <laughs> office. Somebody answered. I didn't know what to do. I was like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I, I made it through but do do something get out there get involved and get involved with new jersey 11 for change it is a great group and thank you guys for being here really appreciate it thanks thank you for inviting thank us. You. Thank you i hope we were a good representation of the first episode for the group and for what we're I i'm sure know. that the, the future groups will be much better than <laughs> i agree with that but, yes. but you know what we're authentic yeah. that's who we are and that's it i love it i love it that's it we'll be back with the next episode i'm hoping to do this every month so we'll be, we'll be doing an episode a month but like i said reach out and Go to NewJersey11.org. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.